Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Bad Bit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You can pop us a review or follow on Spotify. And if you really, really like us, you you could toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room so with all that said with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you say i'm Ooh. doing uh, all things considered pretty okay yeah i'm already tripping over my words it's not even yeah, a minute into this podcast it's fine we got a, we got a lot to talk about yeah. a lot of special things happening in the episode so i understand yeah. a uh, lot of stuff yeah i'm uh, i'm still dealing with the head colds um Went to the doctor, got got my first COVID test. Ever? Ever. In this whole, wow. And how, yeah, because I'm a responsible human being and doing I what guess. I'm told. Um, rapid, came back negative. PCR, I'll learn in a couple yeah. of days. Nice. Um, the doctors and the, the, the what was it, practitioner, learning nurse? I forgot what. House of Learning Doctors? <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> they both were. Uh, very thankful that yeah. this was that that was my first one. Like, hey, some people are listening out there. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, man, this is like my fourth one. It isn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, actually. I feel like they're getting better at it. And yeah. is that kind of like the sad thing? Is like they're really getting good at it. I would love to have a uh by uh oh a biopic on the first person to get one <laughs> and the grueling torture that it was. Probably Dude, one. I remember when I went to. Uh, the hospital this one time, forget the reason why. Uh, oh, my hernia surgery. And the person literally stuck the, 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 the like, you know, the, the Q tip yeah. right up my nose, like a spear, like a javelin. Oh, like and then just too? left it there. Just oh. left it there. Oh, no. And I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, okay, that's good. And the other one. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I got exposed a couple days ago. Thanks to my other friend, Amy, who was a real giant piece of trash. But, um, like, I, I, I did the drive through one, which is, again, crazy. We have drive through ones. Yeah, like, I know. It's, it's like wild. a McDonald's, but for, you know, disease. And, like, it was it was nice. Yeah. Well, no, it was nice, but I was, like, compared barely to the first an inconvenience. One. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, compared to the first one, a goddamn vacation. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm, so, I'm just dealing with the colds. There you go. Uh, Tonsils are a little too big. They got to go at some point yeah. soon. But yeah, yeah, I'm all good. But listen, this isn't the sick ICU cast thing, okay? Nah, no, nah. this isn't this isn't the urgent care. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, Kyle, we're talking all about PlayStation. And yes, we're both a little under the weather. So I hope you all realize that. If you catch a cough here or there, don't yell at us. We're, we're Please giving, don't. We're giving we're you trying. the news while we're sick. I feel like that's commendable. Yeah, we're dedicated. Dedication. And speaking of dedication, um, just to let you all know, we do have that Spotify review contest uh, contest slash giveaway for Elden Ring. We've already crossed the 100 reviews mark over on Spotify. Absolutely crazy. We're at 164. 
five-star Spotify reviews. And all you have to do is drop us a five-star review over on Spotify. Uh, DM me or at me at Twitter at Mr. Bad Bear or at PS Trophy Room. And then you are entered to win a copy of Elden Ring. And we are also doing that with Horizon over on Apple Podcasts. So if you have reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, you're entered. You're awesome. And if you haven't, you have until the uh, last week before uh, Horizon comes out and you're entered to win. Same rules apply. Drop us a five-star review over there. Uh, I believe tell that's us why we're the amazing. 11th. I think it comes out on February 18th. You're right. The 11th. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it really does help us out. It gets us on that chart and it helps really build and grow this audience. And we can't be more appreciative of it. And with that, Kyle, before... We do what we always do, which is talking about our PlayStation 5 predictions for 2022. We're going to be talking about how PlayStation now is being pulled from retail and what that may mean for the upcoming Spartacus. Uh, what is it? Rebrand. Rebrand. Thank you. We're going to be talking about how PlayStation's putting more PS4s in store shelves. And of course, we have our John McLaren. Uh, interview the voice of Star Lord himself uh, on the show. It's a awesome forty minute conversation. We got Flarkin Star Lord on the show. I know it's nuts. It's Flarkin nuts. nuts, man. And re-listening to it, um, man, he's such a humble and great dude. So I can't wait for y'all he's to awesome. listen to all of that. But before we do, it's time for our Patreon pitch. Of course, if we ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever your situation is, whether you're like locked in a room like myself here, uh, it really does mean a lot. If you toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. And I want to thank our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. Our newest patrons, Spam and Bamin at the gold tier, Jarelish at the silver plus tier, Kevin Diaz at the silver tier, Jordan LaRose at the bronze tier, Nathan Hyder at the bronze plus tier, and Chris. Thank you all so much. And if I mispronounce your name, just at me on Twitter and call me a big dumb dumb idiot. Thank you. And I want to thank our platinum producers, Todd Berwitz, Too Soon, and Toxic. Our gold members, Too Soon, Gavin Goffrey, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Awesome Dave, Robbie Bobby Miller, Struble's and Bits, and Chaotic Monkey. I want to thank our silver plus members, Hyden Doors, Marcus O'Neill, Oh, it's just Ray, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadus Von Middle, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Brendan Zachary, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, Mannix, The Good Sir, Trucker Sloth, Drellish Again, Foolish Fuji, Any Day Now, Kevin Mitchell, and of course, <sighs> Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. Thank you all so much. The list keeps on growing, and we really now need to put... Uh, 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 a bumper in the front and a bumper in the back now because the list we got to bring it up it's too huge kyle and it's a it's always a great problem to have so with that <sighs> hey kyle what's going on before we scroll oh i didn't realize i was still muted yeah, you sorry i i don't don't want to cough in the mic yeah you're being also, cognizant of it i realize i i kind of messed up with your flow when i turned my video off <laughs> so video viewers i might turn it off when i'm doing some gross things <laughs> that i don't want anyone to see like blowing my nose or coughing up a loogie i got you dude yeah, right? you're such a gosh darn trooper this I'm episode trying. uh but uh before we get into squaring up the news yeah i want to do something a little special because he oh. supports us forever yeah, and and I, I 
what a what a share the wealth a little bit. Uh, JB the Purple Monkey. So some new music uh, recently that went out. I listened to. I've been listening to it on the way to work. Uh, Man, it's fantastic. Go check it out at PMEJIB on Twitter. In my element, I think you can listen to it everywhere. It's just like some vibing out. Like lo-fi hip hop stuff, it's really, really good. He's so gosh darn talented. He's so talented, and he's been a supporter literally since forever. Day one. Exactly. He's, he's literally like a little brother to me. I, I, I love and appreciate him so much. So yeah. yes, and if we could, Kyle, uh, put it in the notes. Put that yeah. in the description because I want to also shout Absolutely. out. Absolutely. That said, Kyle, I wanted to do something a little fun because we're still opening up the year, and yes, there's a ton of news to talk about. But I want to talk about our PlayStation predictions for 2022. And as you know, 12 months in a year and kind of like, you know, January is kind of like the write off. It doesn't really count. So I want to start with February because I feel like that's where every other game is coming out this year. Like real talk, Kyle, I feel like every game comes out in February and then we don't know what else comes out till. Well, (laughs) Like fall. I've, I did another fantasy critic draft with some mm-hmm. friends last night, and I realized like the first round of like a ten team league are all games that are coming out in February. So February is pretty stacked. Yeah. So let's start with February in terms of predictions for PlayStation. Yeah, we're gonna start with what will be the highest rated February game. Will it be mm. Sifu? Horizon, Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, Destiny 2, Witch Queen, or something like a Dark Horse Candidate coming in here. What What do you think, Kyle? Out of all these games spoken I of- think it's a two-horse race. Oh, yeah? I think it's going to be Horizon or Elden Ring. Mm. Okay. Um, and I don't know which one is going to take it. Honestly, I- I'm right there with you. Um, like, I do, and I can hear some comments already being like, Kyle, come on. It's a from software game. <laughs> Elder Ring's probably going to score higher. Yeah. But let me tell you that like the first horizon, I think was in the high eighties or mm-hmm. mid eighties. I think when it first released everything that we've seen looks like they're building on in every single way in a better, more fun way that I think will lead to a better time for a lot of people. I could see Horizon pushing up into the 90s. Yeah, actually, Horizon Zero Dawn, this is from Metacritic, so you know it's completely accurate. Uh, 89. Whoa, whoa. For a first attempt. Like, okay, then. I, I, I mean, we're, we're in the world of PlayStation. We yeah. talk about it all the time. I feel like outside, though, everyone likes to hate on Horizon. True. And so seeing that it got an 89, I like that's a very, very happy surprise. Now, here's the other thing, and I need you to be cognizant of as well. Yeah. The last two titles out of From Software, Sekiro, yes. of which I've platinumed, uh-huh. and I, I, I love a lot, and at a 90. At a 90. We don't count Darasine. Let's be real. <laughs> We're talking- oh, so Sekiro is at 90. 90, so just a oh, point ahead. Man. And oh, then man. Dark Souls Trace, which is three in Espanol, which is Spanish. <laughs> At 89, Kyle. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those two. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like maybe Eldering might get it, though. Okay. 
just because they are adding it to be a little bit more open world esque with a map mm. and a little bit more accessible. I'm sorry, uh, you know, Souls fans. I know mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. nothing you like to hear, but I think that's going to add to uh, a lot more happy critics. You know? No, I well, okay. All right, all right. We're not we're not getting into the easy mode conversation. I did I say easy I, mode? I you said, said accessible. accessible, and we all know what that means. Put it a mode, make it easy. Whatever, whatever. I'm not happy. Oh, go it, cry me a river. <laughs> I'm tired of this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's fine. We'll get to that argument in a later episode. But what I will say is, you're right. I think Elden Ring does a lot of things to excite a lot of people. Like a lot of people that aren't from software fans or stands like myself look at Elden Ring going, hmm, maybe this is a game I'll jump into. But then we'll be sadly. There would be a sad realization of like, oh, wait, this is a From Software game. And uh, and they'll get their ass promptly kicked. But they're doing a lot of different things. And I think the open world element is really exciting because of the spins that they constantly take and also expansions to their their ideas of old. There's always a little bit like... For example, they'll introduce a new mechanic like the specialty weapons in Bloodborne. They'll come back in a way with Sekiro with Uh the prosthetic tools. Um, So I want to see how they implement some of the ideas from Sekiro that I honestly think they didn't nail down entirely like the mini bosses and see how they refine them there and see what what this combat's truly going to feel like. Is this going to feel like a Dark Souls uh, Dark Souls 4? Is this going to feel like something actually different? What What is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and where and is yeah. the added benefit of having uh, George Railroad Martin story-wise? Yeah. Is that going to add even a little bit more for people like myself who enjoyed my time through Bloodborne, uh, but the story was a little hard for me to grasp overall? Yeah. And I think when it comes to Horizon, the game was so great when it came out. Reason why this podcast exists, you know the drill. Um, And yeah, it just seems like, like I've been reading the Game Informer articles. It seems like they're just constantly improving. They, they, they understood what they may have not totally hit the mark on with the first game. And they're just like, we're delivering it in a different way here in a Mm -hmm. way that you might like and prefer. So I'm thinking, I actually think Horizon's going to edge it out, but I also think the Dark Horse candidate here is Sifu, because everybody that's played it goes, this game is something really special. Yeah. So I think that's going to stun people. I think Dying Light 2, the conversation over the weekend, five hours, or sorry, 500 hours <laughs> to complete People wish it. it was five hours. <laughs> yeah, some people do to complete the whole thing, but that's 20 hours. That's everything, by yeah, the way. But 20 hours of story mode. I'm... I'm wondering where Dying Light 2 is going to fall. Only time I, will tell. Yeah, I mean, I I could really care less about review scores, but I think Dying Light 2 is probably fall like in probably a low 80. Okay, that's great. I, I think it's going to be solid, yeah. yeah. All right, next one, Kyle. Will we see a state of play in February, and how big will it be? And to couple with this, I, I want to also join this secondary question. How many state of plays are we seeing this year? Oh, good question. Um, I do think we'll see one in February. Okay. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, they got to make up for that October one, man. In sure. retrospect, sure. it was not great. Um, I could see maybe 
probably four this year. Four. Maybe maybe a special one for like Forspoken, like a Forspoken specific one. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to have like, we're going to talk about it in a second. Last of Us and Ghosts, where they had specific ones on those. Yes. You're going to have specific ones for Horizon one more in February. I think that's the February state of play. I think you're going to have one in late February, early March, and that's going to showcase the last of Gran Turismo 7. I don't know why I said it with half an accent. (laughs) Um, And that's where we'll see Spartacus. Uh, And then we're going to see secondary, smaller states of plays, and yeah, something for like God of War Ragnarok, if that comes out. I don't know if we're going to see a Horizon-specific state of play in in February. I think every PlayStation game's getting one little push. I think maybe like another trailer, but I don't think it's going to be like the main focus just because of the rollout of Horizon information. It's been like a steady in the blog. Every couple weeks or so, there's like, here's this, here's how we revamp the towns and, and the inhabitants of the world. Here's all the cool things Aloy can do now. Look at all these cool machines. Do a backflip, Aloy. Hey, do a (laughs) backflip. Um, yeah, so I think they're doing a good job on the blog part, but I also understand not a lot of people read the blog. Sure. And say to play is a, a better way to get that information out there, I feel like. Yeah. Um I don't know. I would I would rather have like a 30 35 minute state of play like a mini like just like a mini E3 kind of presentation showcase. Okay. You want you want something big. You want something mean. Yeah, I want to see I like it. RE Village DLC. Right. I want to. I want to see. You know, uh, maybe FF sixteen is in there. Uh, probably not. Uh, it will. I'm willing it. <laughs> or um, uh, what was the other one that I was just thinking of that completely left my brain? Ghostwire Tokyo. Sure, that wasn't it, but sure. You know, the five other yeah. people that are excited for it. I just wanted to give them some respect. Oh, like uh, another potential Capcom thing, like RE four remake. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Anything can happen. So you're saying four, I'm saying five, which is being like very, but I'm being, it's like broad strokes. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm saying we're going to see some standalone stuff. We're going to see like the future of game showcase in September, like we did last year. So, like yeah. Like that. So that's a good clarifying question. Are yeah. the showcases state of place? Yes. I, I'm counting it. Okay. Digital events. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, The third one. Here's a third prediction. Also, Kyle, write this down. I feel like it's important. I feel like at the end of the year, we need to come back to this. Don't worry. Find a pen in your head. <laughs> keep keep memory. Keep tabs of it. All right. There you go. Phone. Uh, E3 2022 or Summer's Games. Or sorry. Summer Games Fest. Which showcase will be a bigger deal or will they be both overhyped and both under deliver? So E3 officially digital again this year. Thanks a lot. Decepticon virus. So, Kyle, question to you, sir. Which one? Which is bigger this year? Is it Jeff Keighley's thing? Is it E3 2022? What's the deal? Uh, It's Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest, and it is by next year that is the new norm. Oh, really? I, I, I do think E3 is over as we know it, and I do think it's just going to become Summer's Game Fest. All right. I'm thinking... That S- Summer Game Fest is going to be the bigger deal 
I think they haven't learned their mistake though from last year in terms of like all these companies, you know, vying for space. Maybe they they nail it a little better this year, but I think they're in in all tons and purposes. I think Summer's Game Fest is going to be the bigger deal, uh, bigger than E3 because I think that was a bit of a dud last year, if memory serves correct. But I think they're both going to under deliver. Um, and so for me, it's kind of a, a bit of both, but I do think, cause I'm optimistic, um, that we'll see E3 2023 and it'll be bigger and better than ever because hopefully by that time, everything's back to normal. Cause let me tell you as the first time getting media for E3 last year, what a letdown. It was a supply digital thing. It, it was, was just a marketing. Yeah, ploy. It was not, not anything to write home about. At yeah. All. No, I don't even count that. Yeah, no, definitely not. So, okay. My next question for you, Kyle, is one that's going to hurt your soul. What games do you feel are getting delayed? Oh, God. How many do you think are getting delayed? Just a a broad number. Out of the year or just delayed in general? Just delayed in general. Like Stalker 2, uh, which is a game Mm -hmm. uh, that people are excited for, I assume, on the Xbox side. Yeah. Uh, December 8th, it got pushed back by like nearly a year because I was supposed to come out in spring and now it's coming out all the way in winter. So what do you think? Um, how many are going to get delayed? I Games get delayed all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Four. Four big games will get delayed. Yeah, that's a good clarification, actually. I think, I think eight big games are going to get delayed. I think everything we're excited for is getting pushed. Like God of War, I think is still a question mark. Um, like Starfield, I think they say mm. November. I really want to see if they actually hit it. I think anything that's saying that their holiday of next year, put a question mark on it. Like Redfall, sure. definitely not. So yeah, I think a lot of games that we want to come out in the spring are coming out in fall. Um, I think like, Suicide Squad, that's definitely not this year. I like I was thinking like a game like Gotham Knights who yeah. I fully expect to be this year, but I could see them giving like a few weeks delay to just kind of finish things up kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, take your time. Good games are good, bad games are bad, that type of quote insert there. Um here's the one thing. Do you think that PlayStation VR2 is arriving this year? With all the mm. chip shortages, mm. the global supply chain that we now suddenly know is a thing that exists. Are suffering. the same chips needed in VR2? This is a stupid question. I'm not an engineer. Someone, an engineer will yell. Absolutely. Hold on, I'm sure. listening. They're saying maybe. <laughs> They're saying maybe. Uh, I totally could see it being a november thing yeah but uh, something is screaming at me february next year for vr2 yeah i'm thinking that could be pushed back a couple of months but it also just depends on what what number does playstation want to hit i you know we all want vr to succeed but like what's the realistic number that playstation has in their their head and What's the goal that they have? Is it a million at launch? Is it two million at launch? You know, that's something to consider. What type of silicon they're going to probably use also matters for that supply chain. So I think that one's also like the, 
we'll hold that and maybe, maybe not. So wait, what are you saying so I can write it down for posterity? You know what? I'll say that it's not coming out this year. I think they'll say that it's coming out this year, but I think it's early 2023. Ah, so that's one of your delays. Yep. Yep. I'm counting it. All right. Here's the next one. Will we be owning our own custom monkey man NFT? Will NFTs, here's a serious question. Will NFTs be common slash mainstream uh, in the marketplace by the end of the year? Hashtag metaverse. Uh, I will not own a custom monkey man NFT. No, no. Come on, man. We need it. Uh, I also love it. Didn't it didn't work uh, mm. under my tweet today? <laughs> I love how this span of twenty minutes, yeah. I had two different conversations about an <laughs> NFT thing. Within minutes, a yeah. NFT uh, bro with tens of thousands of followers liked them. Yeah, like they must have Google alerts. Like, all right, time to spill the Kool Aid into yeah. everyone's drink. Um, I do think by the end of the year, it's going to be pretty commonplace pretty commonplace just like um you know paid in-game items were when those started kind of rolling out i feel like it's just going to be this is gonna happen kind of thing it begrudgingly Mm -hmm. but i also feel like there's so much pushback like you could see that this is an odd like at this point you know this is an obvious ploy by corporations to hide their tax money, right? To mm. embezzle some cash. Cause like you saw the amount of heat where there are articles being written up by, you know, or sponsored articles on, you know, popular gaming sites to talk positively on NFTs. Everybody oh, doesn't yeah. know what the hell these things are, but we're told that they're going to make so much money and they're going to, you know, print us so much cash and it's how we own our digital goods, but we can't trade or sell our own digital licenses of these games that we're playing. So, a lot of problems with it, but I think yeah. there's going to be that one company that figures that all out. And when it comes to the metaverse as well, metaverse, I'm sorry. Um you could take a look at Fortnite and how meta that they get with all their, you know, crossovers. Um, I think someone's going to crack the code. Just depends on who. And yeah. there has to be an actual incentive for us to do so. And I think that's going to come sooner rather than later because there's money to be made. And so you bet your butt companies are going to come in there. All right. Will we see more acquisitions from Sony? If so, who? Oh, and also before we even get into this question, uh, here's a here's just an ask for Jadis Von Metal. I announced on Twitter that I would like to start our own NFTs, <laughs> which stand for non fungible trophies. These are trophies that we're actually earning, not like these dollar and fifty cent games that Kyle's How dare you? At. I want How you dare to you? share your trophies, your hard earned trophies, at us at PS Trophy Room. Tell, here's my Bloodborne trophy. Here's my Sekiro trophy. Here's not this, you know, I don't know. Wait, are you going to take them and turn them into a non-fungible trophy? Uh, no. And then sell it back <laughs> to the owner for a fee? <laughs> Is this the scam we're running now? Yes. <laughs> but, and here's where Jay Von Metal comes in. If he wants to on his own spare time, if you can make monkey versions of us, the chimp... <laughs> NFT <laughs> things. Um, I will give you an undisclosed amount of money to do so, Jada's Von Metal. You're super talented. I'd love to see it. I'm literally killing Kyle right now. 
He's having a coughing fit. I love that idea. Yeah. Even more so if it's in the style of the Gorillaz album cover. <laughs> <laughs> that we can put on a shirt or a poster yep. or something. I think and I'm going to be great. like, here's our official NFT. Please don't. <laughs> exactly. Please don't take it. <laughs> that would be in the third box and then the trophy room logo in the fourth one. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Before I straight up kill Kyle here, um, will we see more acquisitions from Sony this year? If so, who and how many? As much as I would love them to scoop up Ember Labs, it might yeah. be too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it seems like they're in a place where they are looking to buy even more. And I just don't know. There's not a studio that is jumping out at me. Yeah, currently, the, yeah. The, other than Ember Labs, but that is, I I feel like it's too soon, even though I think it's a wise decision to just scoop them up. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I think we're going to see more small-ish acquisitions. Um, it's interesting because Nixus, the support studio that's porting things to PC, they're working on something. So that's going to be interesting. Cause they have a narrative director there. So again, I'm, I'm incredibly curious where these acquisitions lead, but they are not the last and there's going to be, I think plenty more. All right, Kyle, here's the next prediction for the show. Are you ready? Yeah, this, this, uh, write up is nonsense, but go ahead. <laughs> Sony is pulling, sorry, will Spartacus pose an actual or as an actual competitor to Xbox Game Pass? And it comes along with a story breaking news, uh, out of Jeff Grubb, coward who won't be on this or won't come on this show from Venture Beat. Uh, Sony is pulling PlayStation Now retail cards from UK realtors uh, or retailers. Gamers in the UK will no longer have the option to buy subscriptions to PlayStation Now at UK retailers beginning on Friday, January 21st. Uh, retailers in the country will have to pull PS Now cards from their shelves, according to a message to outgoing stores like Game this week. The message reads, stores have until closing day Wednesday 19th of January to remove all POS and ESD cards from all customer-facing areas and update their digital bays in line with this week's upcoming commercial update. Dot, 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 dot. This comes with PlayStation Now being Sony's cloud streaming and game subscription service. It hosts hundreds of games, but currently stands apart from Sony's other gaming subscription, PlayStation Plus. Recent report out of Bloomberg claims that Sony has plans to merge PS Now with PlayStation Plus. The idea would make PlayStation Plus a while offering with different tiers. The move to end PlayStation Now subscription cards is a potential step to the path of an eventual merging merger. Um, all right. So this also then an update from Jason Schreier, the man who had lives in anus. He says that this is also, this is it. This is the part where Spartacus comes in. Um, that they also removed things from the, uh, the 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 retail stores in America. We just didn't notice because it was during the holiday season. And now that things have died down, 
this is happening here in the UK and we're finally taking notice. So it looks like Spartacus is coming. Dope. Yes. I said dope, oh. not Joe. I said dope. <laughs> so, okay. When's this coming out, man? Uh, well, interesting that it says uh, this week's upcoming commercial update. Commercial update. I would have thought that if we were going to, like, the long-rumored state of play in February, like, we would get it during that state of play. But what if we get it, like, in a few weeks? Maybe next week we'll hear about it. Yeah, I think this should come with a, a little amendum here on the show. We will cover this if it's breaking. Absolutely. If, whenever it happens, we'll drop an emergency episode covering the service. If I have to go in my car at work, I will do it. <laughs> absolutely yo that would be crazy that would be really cool everyone at work's like drive. what are you doing <laughs> exactly. i'm on the phone something cool just happened <laughs> uh, but I, this is exciting yeah. i just i hope it is what we want it to be uh where it is that that access to the widely important and huge uh, backlog of playstation games from systems yes, that are not readily accessible anymore yeah ps1 ps2 ps3 if you want to throw psp in there that'd be fantastic that'd be fantastic but yeah Yeah. no i'm i'm right there with you i hope this is what we want i hope it is that you know disney plus equivalent to to netflix that is the equivalent of game pass i don't think it's gonna be one-to-one it can't be no it can't will you be bummed if it's just ps now as part of ps plus and that's it no, I I really do like PlayStation now. I do too as well. But and if I, it's, yeah, go for it. I'm not going to lie. I'd be bummed if that's all it is. It's just a coupling of now and plus. I would, I, to me, I really do want PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 yes. games in there because I want to re experience those. Yes. And with all the blueprints and schematics we've read over the past year, they'd, there'd be trophy support. That would be incredible we saw the p at the ps5 reveal the ps1 2 and 3 all fit inside the ps5 that's right we saw those diagrams they can work we could do this (laughs) and and yeah having it so that it could be streaming or it could be just straight from the box itself that would be that would be icing on the cake and i do want though some type of okay listen we can't give you games in day and date because that would really hurt our bottom line with the portfolio that we have so here's you know a extra 10% discount on the already 10% discount you get on you know the PlayStation storefront. Yeah. I think that'd be a, a great way to incentivize people to continue going digital. Um, but yeah, and, and that would smooth me over as well. So this is awesome. I'm really excited for this service. I'm very excited. And uh, uh, yeah, I think we're getting this though in March. Okay. I think this is the state of play in like late February, early March. I don't think it's in a few so weeks. So what do what you take that this week's upcoming commercial information? What was it? Um, Update. I, like, yeah, what do you take from that line from the... the I just think it's corporate mumbo jumbo. All right. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I don't read too much into it. Uh, they got two days to prove me wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take a real quick aside? Please. Uh, I know we're crunched for time because we got a lot to pack in. We do. I I feel like this is the perfect time to air a grievance. Okay. And I, th- I I think you'll be along with me on this one. I love airing um, a grievance. PlayStation Direct, you're on notice. Yes. I don't know. So friends who don't know, 
uh, PlayStation Direct, you can get uh, PS5's accessories games directly from PlayStation. In theory. In theory, if you are a PS Plus subscriber, you can get free like next day ship shipping and all that jazz and whatever. We wanted to get the new DualSense colors. Joe specifically wanted purple. I wanted all three of them. Uh, and we would get them on release day through PlayStation Direct. We each tried to get them on our own. I tried to even buy it for Joe and logged in on my end. And it kept popping up. Oh, there's a billing issue, whatever. Yeah. So one day I, I, I went into uh, support chat. And I was like, all right, this is happening. This is the error code. Is there anything I can do? Is it because my address is wrong? Is it because I use a P.O. box for my billing? And right. it doesn't match up with whatever. It goes, all right, hold on. Let me look into it. And the response literally goes, let me find this picture that I texted you. Because oh. you know, I was so... It's like, we'll give you a link. We'll give you a link to other retailers that may have. It's like the purple one is a PlayStation Direct exclusive. I can't get it anywhere else. For now. For now. They can lock. Of course, they have the coolest color you could only buy from them. I don't know why. And I want to know if there's anybody that also has come across this error message. Well, here's the response I got. Um Thank you for your interest in the direct.playstation.com experience. Unfortunately, the website website is unable to process your transaction. I understand how disappointing this may be, as you are eager to secure the new DualSense controllers. At this time, I recommend visiting one of our retail partners for additional availability. And I respond with, why is that? Is that an address issue? Because I have the Horizon Collector's Edition pre-ordered through you. And they, they respond, I understand you have the Horizon Collector's Edition pre-ordered. Unfortunately, I don't have any details on the specifics. At this time, <laughs> I can wow. only refer to you to our retail partners for purchase. I apologize for the inconvenience this may have caused you. End of chat. What wow. is going on? Why can't I get these through your service? So I you, don't understand. So your 2022 Are we blacklisted? Is this our confirmation that we're blacklisted? So your prediction is in 2022, this will be solved and we can buy things from PlayStation Direct? God, I hope so. <laughs> All right, Kyle, since we're going a little long in the tooth yeah, yeah, with yeah. this one, um, I want to know second. your top five most anticipated games of 2022. Easy. Uh, right. Horizon from West, yeah. God of War Ragnarok, yeah. um, uh, Gotham Knights, okay. Sifu. All right. Uh, and probably Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland. Really? Yeah. That's the shocker. For me, it's definitely Horizon, obvious choice. God of War Ragnarok, also obvious choice. Elden Ring, it's that's incredible. You know me. I'm a glutton for yeah. punishment. I'm playing of Blasphemous, course. Dark Souls 3, and I'm juggling the Ruined King right now. I hate my existence, and I want to prove it to myself. So, of course, Elden Ring's there. Gotham Knights, because Batgirl looks dope as all hell. And then, here's the one, Kyle. Splatoon 3. Let me play it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me play Splatoon 3. It's the closest oh. thing I can get to punching a child. That's why I love Splatoon 3. That took a turn. Dunking on those kids. Showing them, you know, Splatoon is a great game. It's just such a great turn on, on what a third person shooter should be. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite Nintendo IP. So there you go. Ooh. All right. Captain Logan writes in with all of our predictions here. He says the last of us two leaked and now horizon forbidden West in your predictions. Do you think God of war will be leaked out as well? I fucking, I hope not. I hope not. I have not seen anything from Horizon. I don't see that. Leak. I know it's probably not major, but 
I'm well, having the whole flash... game on PS4 is apparently leaked. Oh God! But to me, it's like it's about the adventure. It's not about the destination. So I don't. This, yeah, this is where I think you and I uh, differ yeah. a little bit. I just have really bad flashbacks of God of War 2018, where a major story thing got spoiled for me. Fair enough. On purpose, like maliciously, for a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And it kind of ruined a little bit of that ending. Mm. Um. So I I I really really hate when th- this stuff happens, but at this point it's just like unavoidable. I yeah. feel like. Yeah, it doesn't affect me anymore. Last of Us Two got leaked, and so the things that happened in Last of Us Two, I was not affected by. Like it, I still was emotionally impacted. Oh, by it. looking back, yes, Spider Man absolutely was also quote unquote ruined for me. I saw something really rad, and it was still. Really rad. Oh my god. I was my mouth was ajar, everyone, for a good five minutes. Um, so like, yeah, leaks don't bother me. You, you know. I I also have, like real talk, I have a real good feeling Kratos is gonna die. So Oh if someone's no. like Kratos dies, get stabbed in the chest or something, I'm like, all right, yeah, alright. I saw that coming. Anyway, <laughs> that's my other prediction. Twenty twenty two, we'll see Kratos' death. Uh Clear Wings writes what 2022 release do you think will be the biggest surprise in how good it is? Like, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, which we'll get to soon, that was our biggest surprise. What's the biggest surprise here? Uh, I think there's a game that has the clearest pathway to take that title. Yeah. And that's Forspoken. Yeah. It, okay. That is the game that, like... I feel could be a standout stellar game mm. of people being like, man, I'm shocked how good this is. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's it. All right. Yeah. That, I was going to give the cop out. I'm like, eh, we haven't seen it yet, but like that one's actually legitimately good. Cause it, yeah, it, from everything that we've seen, yeah. I think for Forspoken is the one. Yeah. It could either be the, that, and I'll even give it to Ghostwire. Like you see sure? me, I have no hype for that game whatsoever. I don't think it looks good. And I could be in proved wrong. So, so bad and embarrassingly so toxic writes in. I love, or sorry. I like the thought of next projects. Since you bring up from software, why not dig deeper into the imagination side and guess what Santa Monica will be working post Ragnarok. Could it, could it be the next God of war, but in a new place with a new mythology or a new IP? What about Naughty Dog? What could they be cooking aside from Uncharted and The Last of Us IPs? Do you think either could try a completely different genre for a new IP? Or do you think they stick to similar genres that they have brought them the most success? Always love hearing your imaginative. Sorry, you guys get imaginative and creative. Thanks, Toxic. Thank you so much, Toxic. What a freaking great question. It's a great question. What do you think? Uh, I, th- I'm going to, um, I'm going to pick apart this question a little bit. Okay. Santa Monica has two teams now, right? Yeah. So while one, I do well, think multiple. we'll be working. We know it's more than multiple. Two. Sure. Uh, one, I do think we'll be working on the next God of War. Yeah. I think it would be rad if they take on the, each, uh, the Egyptian gods in a sure. future one. That'd be so dope. Uh, but I do think Naughty Dog and Santa Monica I think we're both going to space. Yeah. I think I think their next games are not going to take place on something that we already know. Mm. 
or is familiar to them. So like Naughty Dog on Earth, like in a yeah. grounded thing, Santa Monica being a um, mythology based kind of thing. I think they're mm-hmm. going to go otherworldly with both of them. Nice. Yeah, I think there was like this cool Dishonored esque game that um, that Santa Monica was working on before God of War that got canceled. I think I'll- that was the was that the Battlestar Galactica one. No, no, it was something. It was something else. It was a okay. really unique art, art art style. I think it was in the in the um, was it the the Kratos documentary that they did for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how that game looked, the concept art at least. And so I would love to see them tackle that. And I yeah. do think Naughty Dog's next title is in space because they always like to have little winks little and nods, yeah, yeah, to future projects in current ones. So and yeah. there is a scene in part two that is like directly referencing a space thing absolutely absolutely with that kyle that's been our predictions for oh and also i think you're also going to get those safe ips as well like, oh yeah absolutely i think when it comes to playstation and i don't have an ear to the ground whatsoever but just just getting the bird's eye view i definitely think um all these studios are expanding in certain ways um you know, when it comes to something like Insomniac, I would not be surprised that they have like VR teams working on stuff because they had VR teams prior to the PlayStation buyout. And I really want them to show me something cool with PSVR too. So yeah, I think you're going to have like a VR like studio within or team within a studio and multiple ones so that you keep on cranking out these known quantities from these celebrated brands. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. And I think PlayStation took a long time to build up that roster of like PlayStation mascots. Yeah. And I really don't think they're going to abandon them as yeah. as quick as they did in generations past. Yeah. So that said, that's been our PlayStation predictions in 2022. Now I want to uh, introduce an awesome segment called Square Up the Guests, where we'll be joined by John McLaren. The voice of Star-Lord. Uh, link in the description to all the time codes if you want to jump ahead or you want to rewind back to the past. Um, this one's a really long but really awesome interview, so go ahead, take it away. And now it's for a new segment called Square Up the Guest. And alongside us for the first interview of 2022, our good friend and voice of Star-Lord himself from the Guardians of the Galaxy game, John McLaren, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for having me, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. I know, right? Isn't it weird when we're saying that and we are recording (laughs) a day after? Don't don't peek behind the curtain. (laughs) You're going to break the fourth wall, aren't you? (laughs) Well, right off the bat, we have to, because we're recording this right off of the uh, Jeff Keighley's The Game Awards, and so I want to, right off the bat, congratulate you and the team for the big win last night. Best narrative game. Awesome. Yeah. Thank right? you. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta I gotta uh I gotta make sure I wore my my Eidos hoodie today specifically for this. Uh I gotta pay tribute. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh to Mary DeMarle, uh who was up on stage at the game awards and uh JF Dugas who was the uh, the game director. But uh Mary is the uh the executive uh narrative director of the game and uh, I have to give a big shout out to Mary and her team uh, for everything that they did. I mean, this, this story, this script was, um, it was an actor's dream come true. 
um, mm. the whole team poured their heart and soul into it. And you can, you can see it. I mean, they won best narrative and, uh, I got to shout them out because, you know, it was a dream to work on this script. Um, I got to thank them too, because a uh, little tidbit for you guys and, and your, uh, your viewers, uh, Mary and the team used to invite us, uh, into the, uh, into the war room, if you will, on, uh, on Fridays, if we were, uh, if we were in the studio, uh, they would invite us in to partake in script readings. So they would gather every Friday, uh, at the end of the work week, they would, uh, share the scripts they were writing on. And if we were there, we got to come into the room and actually read the scripts out loud with them, uh, so they could hear our voices, uh, and what was really fun is, uh, a lot of the members on the team would fill in the other characters gaps, you know, so you'd have people reading for Mantis and all the different characters in the game. And it was a real blast and a real, uh, a real organic experience, if you will, to be in the room, having them hear our voices. Uh, and they would actually, they were super open to taking our notes. Um, and so I really appreciate them for that because that's not always the case when you're on mm -hmm. games or if you're on film or TV, uh, sometimes you don't get that. So thank Mary and the entire team for really creating an open space for us, a collaborative, uh, I can't speak. Wow. <laughs> it's all right. Collaborative. It's typical of trophy room. <laughs> yeah. you're, that's you're, why you're, I'm, you're that's why I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I really want to shout out the entire, uh, the entire, not only narrative team, but everybody who helped to bring this game to life because they really knocked it out of the park. And it's yeah. been, uh, it's been a dream come true to be able to, uh, to help bring these characters and this script and this story to life. So congratulations to, uh, to not only everyone at Eidos, but specifically for best narrative, Mary and the entire team. Thank you guys so much. Seriously. Y'all very well guardians. Deserved. Guardians is is my biggest surprise of you know 2021. I did not expect to dig it as much as I did, and one of the main hooks is not just the story, but everyone on that cast. Mm -hmm. Y'all absolutely hit it out of the park, and Thank yeah, you. it's not just your performance, John, but it's also the writers behind you supporting you. Um, terrific. terrific! It takes yeah. it takes an army a literal army to to develop a video game so it's you know it it takes it takes a strong narrative and a strong story i mean if you don't have that then you're you're kind of dead in the water to begin yeah. with but then you got the animation teams you know everyone coding the game i i, I can't even i can't even speak to all the roles because i, I just don't know i mean <laughs> Then you have us lowly actors that come in at the last second to bring it to life. You know what I mean? But it does. It, it takes an entire army to build a game, and I'm, I'm so fortunate to be a part of it. Yeah, hopping, hopping off of that, how early were you uh, working on it, or how late to the game were you between uh, release and when you started? Yeah, I mean, my involvement, uh, at least from a cast perspective, was probably three and a half, almost four years. Wow. of uh being involved in the game on and off and uh you know they they kind of they kind of build these things in in chunks um mm -hmm. you know it's not like they have the entire script like written or they have the entire game you know built and developed ready to go and then we come in at the last minute it's kind of uh they build it in chunks as far as i know uh mm -hmm. and you're you're brought in in different uh different uh, phases of, of the development cycle to do the different stuff and shoot the cinematics. And then there's, there's the banters on top of that. And 
So we're, we're in and out over a three and a half, almost four year period for us, start to finish. Mm-hmm. How hard wow. was it to keep under wraps that you were Star-Lord? It, I imagine it was probably incredibly <laughs> difficult. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I remember getting the, uh, I remember getting the original call from my, my agent to tell me that I booked it. And I mean, I, I gave out a big, like, woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I think I, uh, and then I got off the phone and I think I, I promptly broke down. I, I think I, I don't think I know I, I shed a few tears. I was so excited to be a part of this. And then it sets in. I'm like, I can't tell anyone. Yeah. (laughs) Or I will legitimately get fired. Uh (laughs) And what's, what's that thought afterwards too of like, okay, so I just got a pretty iconic role of a billion dollar franchise. Everybody associates this character now that's been in, in the comic world for decades, but they associate it with, Chris Pratt. And the one thing that is daunting to anyone is how do I fill in the the shoes of who's left before me, let alone the person still in those shoes. And now they're the, that's the only metric to kind of, to, to gauge. So what was that for you? Like that feeling? Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it is. No, you know what? I mean, yeah, I mean, you get you get the call to work for a company like Eidos, um, Square Enix, Marvel. Like, it, there is an inherent amount of pressure, and you know, growing up, I I'm a huge not not growing up, I still am a massive Marvel fan of of everything they do, and so as a fan, as a, a professional actor, you want to you want to give everything to the role that you can and, and just do it justice. And, and there is a, there is some pressure because of, uh, you know, Chris Pratt is a fantastic star. He's, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the films of the entire MCU universe they have built, but what was incredible and, and unique to this is that from the very start, we were told from, from day one, that this is your Guardians of the Galaxy. This will be your version. Uh, Marvel was very upfront. Eidos was very upfront um, from the get-go that they want this to be a unique, uh, a unique universe, a unique experience. Uh, unlike the comics, unlike uh, MCU prior to it, uh, and they really gave us a lot of freedom to kind of make it our own, and they encourage us to not not follow the comics, not follow the MCU. And, mm. and we did exactly that. And, and again, going back to, uh, to Mary and, and the narrative team, um, they, provide, they provided us with an incredible amount of, of history, of backstory um, as they see it. And they created this unique story and this unique world, this unique sandbox for us to play around with. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of pressure just by proxy of, of the things past. Um, but it's also incredibly freeing, um, that we're told that like, Hey, you John McLaren, small town <laughs> guy, make it your own, have at it. And, and yeah. so we, we did exactly that. I know I got goosebumps when you said like, it's your guardians of the galaxy. So I can only imagine what that felt like, how you felt when you heard that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Again, like there is an inherent 
pressure. I mean, it's, it's Marvel, man. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, like <laughs> uh-huh. anyone who's into, to comics or, or, or Marvel, um, you know, you're inherently going to have a bit of pressure, but it's yeah. a li- it is, in- it's incredibly freeing. And I thank, I thank Marvel and I thank Eidos for telling us like, we don't want that. We want mm-hmm. this to be an, a unique story driven experience in, in the video game universe. It, it needs to be different. It needs yeah. to be your own. So with that, how did you, how did you prepare? Like, did, did, did you, did you tell your family, listen, you have to call me, God, call me Peter Quill. <laughs> I'm in hey, the I'm, role now. I you start went, wearing leather uh, jackets. What, 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 yeah. How did you prepare? <laughs> Buy a I Walkman, went, listen to it wherever you go. I went right down to City Hall. I changed my name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it to Peter John Quill just to keep my name in there right. somewhere. No, but uh, no, uh, you know, I approached it like I would any other, any other role, whether it be film, uh, TV, um, any other, any other video game I've worked on, I approached it the same way. And it's, it's, it's kind of neat because, you know, the video game space is really close, if not really tied performance wise anyways, to what you're seeing in film and TV. Now it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like what some of the actors are doing out there in the space. And so, uh, as an actor, you know, I kind of approached it the same way I would any other role. You can you dive into the history, you dive into the backstory of these characters, the relationships that, you know, Peter Quill, Star-Lord has with with Drax, Gamora, Rocket, Groot, the surrounding people, Nikki, uh, Corell. Like, where, what is the relationship between all of these different characters? And then from there, you kind of break it down on a, a scene-by-scene and a, and, and a script basis and it takes a lot of planning in a game like this. I mean, with so much uh, branching dialogue, and again, I, I don't mean to keep playing the same fiddle, but again, shout out to Mary and the team. Like, I wish you guys could see like just how much dialogue is in this game and how much organization oh, I can and planning it. that it would mm-hmm. it it must have taken that team to create this. I mean, you're going into any given cinematic scene with you know four five six different branching paths that the player can choose before the end of a scene and 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 it's incredible i mean i couldn't tell you how many highlighters and sticky notes and (laughs) all the tools that we use as actors to break down the script but like i had like eight different highlighters at any one time trying to keep track of all the different paths and stuff like that but no you, you you approach it as you would any any character in my opinion and you treat it like anything else and and you did you uh did you use anything to influence your version of peter quill other than the backstory and stuff that they gave you like were there characters from other mediums that you likened to peter for your performance performance um i don't think i went with with anyone specific no i like to i like to work from kind of the inside out for me, it's more about you know you you get into a you get into a scene or, or a moment in the script and and you try to for me anyways I try to find similarities to something that I may have experienced uh, in real life and mm-hmm. no I'm not up in space right now going through galactical <laughs> wars and stuff like that but no but I mean what's great about the story is it, it's dealing with very real issues that mm-hmm. kind of 
bring us together as human beings. I mean, we all deal with grief. We all deal with loss. We all deal with, with family. You know, we all deal at moments in our lives where we need to rise to the occasion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you kind of take, if you kind of take the space opera aspect out of it and you bring it down to those very humanistic levels, that's kind of what I'm drawing on. And so, you know, um, thankfully the- I haven't, I haven't lost a motherly figure in my life, but I have lost people that are near and dear to me. So you kind of pull on those experiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We all deal with those shoulda, woulda, couldas. And that's yes. a big part of, you know, that game with certain moments um, in, in, in characters of, of, yeah, dealing with grief. We've all dealt with it in, in some way, shape or form. Um, and you always wish you can kind of go back and if go like if I could change one thing, and I think that's one of the most uh, powerful elements of that story, is that mechanism of like if I could just go back and just fix this one thing. There's yeah. there's a moment in that in, in that s- story where your character kind of just assumes something's going to work out in the best way possible, and then is quickly kind of shot down. Of like this may not go that way, and you need to prepare for that. And I, I loved that moment because it was the most. I feel like in in some mediums, uh, you know, they kind of let that question settle, and it was kind of like such a no, 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 no. This is like a real conversation. It, it felt yeah so grounded. Um, and in terms of like, you know, I I, I want to give. Uh, you know, Kimberly credit as well. Uh, her her portrayal as Gamora, like there is a scene again with you two, and it is so powerful. It oh, it, yeah. it, it may be an emotional wreck, it, and it brings me to my next question. Um, with you know recording in in the age of COVID, uh, I know you guys have been working on this for a few years now. What was that recording process like? Were you guys all in one room? You know, as someone who is totally outside of how to make a movie or even mm-hmm. a game, um, you know, I know by documentaries of like that, of like, you know, the animated Batman, where, you know, we had Kevin Conroy and, and, uh, and, uh, why am I blanking on name? Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, you know, in the same room working <laughs> off each other. Uh, was yeah. there like a working off each other type, type thing? Because you guys, the chemistry between, you, you, everyone is just palpable. Mm-hmm. Oh, one, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And uh, yes, shout out Kimbo. That I know what scene you're talking about, and I won't, I won't spoil it if people haven't played the game. But she's, she's incredible. I mean, the entire, the entire cast. The not only the Guardians, but the all the the tertiary characters and the the supporting characters are everybody that came into that studio was on point excited to be there passionate and just quick shout out to everyone um so good um but yeah to answer your question um yeah we were very very fortunate um that 99.9 percent of the time we were always in the same room together at least the at least the core group of guardians was was always working together i mean covid hit and um that shut us down for i think a it was at least three months, four months period, uh, kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of when that, yeah, three, four months period. I think it was, 
Um, but luckily, uh, we were deemed, uh, you know, an essential service being in entertainment. So a lot of stuff got to come back, uh, nice. albeit uh, under very strict protocols. And I, I got to thank Eidos for uh, keeping things in check. I mean, it, all the things that you would think would happen in a COVID, mm. you know, with COVID protocols, you know, testing and, uh, you know, social distancing. I will say that um, our crew uh, dropped down to a pretty, pretty, pretty much a skeleton crew. I mean, mm -hmm. we were accustomed to having, for example, Mary was in the room quite a bit when we were filming um, for the first couple of years. Uh, there was always people coming in and out of the room from different, uh, different sides of the, the development process. Um, but that kind of, that stuff had to stop because we we're only allowed to have a certain amount of people in the room and in the volume at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it went down to just, uh, you know, the main guardians, uh, Daryl Purdy, our cinematic director, uh, and um, the team that was running the actual technical side of things. Yeah. Uh, Johan, how did how did that Nico, affect Simon. the creative process for you? Um, it wasn't. It honestly, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we nice. did have to because there was testing in place. Uh, because we had to be, you know, obviously all negative as, as terms of in terms of COVID. Um, it wasn't too bad. Um. Again, it was just the size of the room, uh, like the amount of people in the room changed. But I think from our perspective, because we were typically always in the room um, working together anyways, it wasn't too hard on us. I'm sure it was hard on the team because having yeah. less people technically there or having to come and having to come and go from the room as as opposed to being like hands on, like before everybody would be in the room at once. Uh, and then it kind of changed to people would come and go. And even for bigger scenes, um, if one of the guardians had, you know, say in any given scene, maybe only one or two lines, you know, they would be taken out of the room so that you could have, you know, the right amount of people, the more people who are more important to the scene in the room. And then you would come back and you kind of flop, flip flop actors and strategically play it. So there was a little bit of, uh, you know, strategy there in terms of, making sure we're abiding by COVID protocols, but you know, every, I say it's not bad because it was handled incredibly well. And, that's and that's awesome. why, you know, that's why I shout out Eidos because it was handled incredibly well, incredibly professional and everybody busted their ass to, to get it done. Yeah. So it was nice. But now, um, after all the hard work that goes into making a game and seeing now that the game is out and people are playing it and obviously it's award season, it's getting nominated and mm -hmm. winning. Are you shocked by any of that? Any of the nominations or or, or direct uh, uh, praise for like your performance in the game? Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm. No, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I struggle with this because I, I'm still like I'm so blown away um, by the feedback from mm -hmm. the players, the fans, the the entire community has been absolutely incredible. Like I can't even, I, I can't even explain it. I mean, you you always have high hopes for any project that you work on, especially when you're you're so closely tied to it. Like I said, we were all incredibly passionate, and and as a fan from the fa the fan of me, it was like, please do well, <laughs> please yeah. do well, you know. Yeah. But I I feel like you know I feel like Guardians kind of it it it, it came out as an underdog, and then yeah. it kind of won everybody's hearts and. 
I think I speak for everyone that it means the absolute world. Like it, it's been absolutely mind blowing. I've had people reach out to me being like, you know, I will forever now hear your voice when I'm reading the comics and like, yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't have words, man. It's, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah. I, to just to add on, on that and, and, and add more praise to it. I think, Again, without spoiling it, because y'all should go play this game as soon as possible. Um, I there there's a scene with just you and Drax uh, and that is so emotionally heavy, and the both of your performances are so well done. Like that that scene, I had to just sit back and just kind of like whew, heavy, but it's it it was just perfect. I love it yeah. so much. Thanks, <laughs> we had man. trouble. Uh, real talk we had trouble when we were making the trophy room awards of like how do we not like <laughs> do the entire guest to do the whole character which is yeah weird. especially it's, with like adam warlock with his alliteration you know oh like, my <laughs> god <laughs> shout out to i don't know how brent got through all of that man like we would crack up on the day he would just he would just spit the lines out like no problem and we'd be like are you kidding me <laughs> Or or rocket Alex, sorry Alex, oh, with like mm-hmm. all of the 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 curse words yeah. that the the writing team came up with, and then Alex would just be like bam 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 bam, like flarking, contracting. This, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Going off of that, was there a lot of improvising like you guys would do while recording? Yeah, we were we were very lucky. We were very very lucky. Um, again, along the lines of of them giving us freedom to try and and play with the script and, and really make it our own. Like uh, shout out to Daryl Purdy, our cinematic director. He was, if we ever wanted to try something, it was never a no. It was all, he was like, yeah, let's do another take. Let me see what you got. And, you know, sometimes it would fall flat and it wouldn't work. Um, But, you know, there's times that it would work. And when it worked, it worked really well, really, really well. Like to give you, to give you an example, like, I always go back to this one because I I was literally beside myself when I saw it was the original reveal trailer. Uh, I think it's at the very end of the trailer. Peter Quill has the hand of a tentacle in him. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry. I'll call you. I'll call you. That was 100% improvised on the day. Oh, that's I was awesome. Just like, that is awesome. I was like, let me just screw around real quick. And, yeah. and I did it. And everyone like burst into tears laughing. Yeah, that's totally a Star-Lord thing. That's and, perfect. And yeah, and, and then we we got a we got an advanced viewing of the reveal trailer. And I saw it and I was like beside myself. <laughs> I couldn't believe they threw that into the game. But it's a testament to... Uh, to the trust um, of the entire team and, and, and between the actors and, and Daryl and, and the team really entrusting us to make it our own and, and allowing us to make it our own. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I Now here's a question. And this question comes from John. I, I want you to buckle in for a second. Oh boy. This comes from the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my entire life who writes in just like you can too. If you add us at PS trophy room or part of the uh, trophy room discord server, and cool. honest to goodness, most famous Seamus. I could even, I can't even think of anybody that even tops it. Um, they write in, do you have a favorite moment slash line from the game? Because we talked about ours. There's, mm-hmm. We got very emotional during this game. Is there one part in particular that you're like, oh man, this is, oh, man. This is heavy, Doc? I, I love, 
and then I hate this question at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> without spoiling, without spoiling. No, yeah. I know. I I mean, I, I think I can speak to that Drax scene yeah. uh, that you guys were mentioning before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, we affectionately, we call it Star-Lord and Drax at the Rift. We're kind of standing at the edge of the universe in nowhere. And it's great because it's, it's a scene that you can actually miss in the game, depending on the choices you make. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So you could you can actually completely miss that scene altogether. And I'm glad that a lot of people have found it. Mm. Um uh so that that one that one sticks out to me. Um I I it's hard because I I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything for people, sure. but mm-hmm. you know, there's there's, I'll just say there's scenes with my mom. There's some very specific scenes with uh, Corel and Nikki. Uh, you mentioned the Gamora, a Gamora a scene with Gamora. Um, it, it really is. The reason why I say I hate this question is because it's almost impossible for me to pick one. <laughs> um, but I, I, what I like to say is that I, being being Star Lord and, and and being the you know one of the main characters in the game, I had the very fortunate opportunity to work with uh pretty pretty much everyone almost Mm -hmm. in the game i got to work with some really incredibly talented people um the guardians themselves and and the supporting cast i I pretty much got to share scenes with each and every one of them so fortunate uh and and in my opinion each and every person like hit a home run they knocked it out of the park absolutely Um, Mm -hmm. It's just it's hard for me to answer that because they're all so near and dear to me. They're they're all different. Well, here's here's an easy one that famous writes as well. Okay, because right? uh, what's one was his name again? Good. Sorry, Seamus uh, famous? No, famous Seamus. Famous, famous Seamus. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, famous Seamus. It's okay. It's okay. He'll forgive Love that me. Name. He'll forgive you. It really is the best. <laughs> it's great. It really great. is the best. Okay, he says, "Have you got yourself saying Flark instead of the <laughs> f bomb after recording the game?" It, it's it's like it's in it's part of my normal everyday speak now. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. It's fucking great. It really is, man. It's and honestly, it has a better pop. It Look at that better... fucking dog back there. Yeah. Oh, what a good what a good dog, by pop. the way. That's Argo. That's that's one of two one of two of my dogs. Oh, well, hello, Argo. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a, I got a black lab downstairs, and I am surprised he's been this quiet. Oh, so amazing! Maybe he gets a treat after this. What's his name? Marty. After Marty McFly. So. Oh, I uh, love it. Brack. Yeah. Hello, uh, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yes, that's him. Um, one last question. Or, or Kyle, yeah, no, I, like I have a follow up that that just popped in my head. Um, Go for it. How often are you? Uh, do you find yourself listening to the actual fictional band that was made for the game because i was blown away it's it's a whole album man it's it, wild so flarking good there, i'll use it there <laughs> i think that i think that's appropriate it, yeah. it yeah. is incredible man i I had it on on repeat for the first couple of weeks when it dropped honestly like it, it is so good i gotta yeah. shout out uh my boy steve my boy johan uh the guys who uh who created this album that it's 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 unreal. They really yeah. they really capture the essence of like eighties rock. Yeah, it, it's so good. And I can remember being in the studio 
And they're like, dude, you guys want to see what we're working on right now? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And they play it. And I was like, what the <laughs> flark? Like, like, this is so good. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Like, I'm so glad. I'm I was so glad. honestly, I was fooled. Like, I was like, oh, this is a real band that, that existed in the 80s. Well, I mean, nope. like Steve, Steve and Johan still play to this day. Like they're like, they, they still band it up. I'm not sure how yeah. frequently they do it, but I know I'm pretty sure Steve and, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Steve, uh, I'm pretty sure they both play to this day. Wow. And they still That's perform, awesome. man. Yeah. They I need I, to go I, on tour. Absolutely. Yes. They do. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think the music is so integral to guardians and the fact that, yeah. Not, let alone the the Star Lord band, but like all the licensed music, especially when you do those team up moments in combat, adds so much to oh. what's going on. It's like it's perfect. I, there were sometimes I failed on purpose just to see what would happen, and those <laughs> moments are just just as equally as fun. But it, it's unreal, man. You you come out of those huddles, yeah, and then they just like they just start blaring like Motley Crue. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I got and, a Rick rolled once. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and without spoiling, shout out to the, the final battle. That music as well. Is, oh, perfect. I've never been so amped. <laughs> yeah. If, if I can be, if I can be honest, if I can yeah. be honest, like I, I, um, I've been streaming. I've since finished the game, but I, I stream the game on Twitch. Uh, on my Twitch channel. Um, and Please, I beat the- throw it out there. What's it? Yeah. Twitch.tv. Slash- yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. It's uh, my Twitch channel is uh, it's twitch.tv slash John McLaren IRL. So it's John McLaren in real life. Nice. Somebody's got my real name, and I was like, oh. come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I was um, I streamed the game on my channel, and one of the downsides of streaming the game is you got to put it into streamer mode. So mm-hmm. you lose you lose a lot of the you lose all the licensed music, unfortunately. Yeah. So I'm going back on my own now and I'm, I'm, I'm going through my, my game plus right now, re re uh, revisiting the game with all the music. And, uh, I haven't quite beaten the game yet for my second playthrough, but it's, it's awesome. Like, it's how is so that good. like seeing literally your, like yourself in that game? Yeah. Like while you're playing, you're like, I know that line. I know that line. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's, it's, um, uh, it's a really neat experience. It was it was a lot of fun, and I got to shout out. Uh, I got to shout out the uh, the Rough Cut Collective. That's what I that's what I call my crew, my my followers on on Twitch. I've affectionately named the Rough Cut Collective, but uh, it is a lot of fun playing with them. And it's it's really it's kind of surreal playing as yourself, hearing yourself play, and it almost like in a way takes you out of the experience because I would be playing scenes. Um, and as they be happening, it, it immediately puts me back in the studio. Uh, that's awesome. You know, in the, awesome. the, the skin tight mocap suit, yeah. with the balls all over you. And like, how, that's how, how is I'm that, doing. by the way? Like, doing actual mocap on a, on a game is that, I would oh, imagine it's... being a little claustrophobic because how skin tight everything is, but like, how intense yeah, it's is a it little, on a day? It's a little weird at first. Yeah. You're, you're kind of like, wow, this is. I'm out there. Yeah, exactly. There's no hiding anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but you, uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing it for a while and it's, you get, you get used to it. Sure. And, uh, you know, from an acting standpoint, again, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting because unlike a film or TV set, you don't, you don't have the set. You don't have, 
you know, you don't have a, an artificial space around you, like physical things that you can see or pick up or, you know, use in your performance. It's all, it's, it's all up here. It's all, you got to imagine it. Mm-hmm. Um, but was a lot of, what was a lot of fun is like, you know, when there's a scene where, you know, you got the massive sacrosanct ship where you arrive at nowhere and you, you have this big floating head, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It, what was really good, and again, thank you, thank you for Daryl and the team. They would have like some concept or early artwork up for us, so we could kind of envision That's exactly cool. what it is we're looking at, you know, um, which really helps. But it's uh, it's kind of freeing. It's it's a little like it's kind of like theater in a way, you know, yeah. because unlike yeah. film and TV, you don't have uh, you don't have cameras, you don't have lighting, you don't have any of that stuff that you have to constantly be moving around and, and shifting from take to take from scene to scene. You're just, you're just in the room and it's like, it's go time. Nice. Uh, so you're just, you're just pumping stuff out. Yeah. But it's, it kind of feels awesome. like acting in it's most like rawest form. It really is. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect way to put it, man. It really is. And it's, uh, it's, I'm just very fortunate and grateful that I got the, I've, I've had the experience to, to work on games that allow me to, to work in that kind of an atmosphere. It's, it's fantastic. We got one last question from yeah, Marcus man. O'Neill, fellow I Canadian. I the entire day off for you guys, so I'm good to oh, go. Oh, all right. You know, well, listen, <laughs> oddly enough, we were going to start a 12-hour stream. Yeah. Let's play through <laughs> Let's the go. game with you Let's alongside go. us. I think that's I, think that's I am so in. <laughs> Marcus writes in. He says, I'd be curious to know John McLaren's gaming history. What are some oh. of his all-time favorite, and he spelled it with a U, it's a, <laughs> the, the Canadian treat here, uh, favorite games, and what has he enjoyed recently? Marcus, what's up? Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been I've been playing games since I've been old enough to hold a, a controller. Yeah. Uh, one of my earliest memories is actually standing behind my dad. He was propped up on some kid seat playing the original uh mario brothers on the nest um i mean i yeah i mean i i've come up with nintendo so i i I tend to be a bit of a nintendo fanboy but it's hard not to i mean they're one of the the best developers absolutely in the world um Mm -hmm. uh all-time favorite franchise is uh anything legend of zelda uh okay big big legend of zelda fan have you played breath of the wild no. Yes. Because oh. <laughs> oh. well, we, we have a we have a we an inside joke in one of my DMs about Breath of the Wild. I, I want to know this just to interrupt. Where where would you rank Breath of the Wild in terms of Legends of Zelda? <sighs> this is such a hard question. It's like choosing <laughs> which is your favorite kid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um I have a hard time with this one because I'm it. Across the board, Breath of the Wild is like ten out of ten game. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. I got uh, I got a few friends that would. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you tell them I've... to call me. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, bet, bet. No, it, 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 it's so good. Um, yeah. But I I'm always torn between that and um, Ocarina of Time. My man, uh, Ocarina of Time was. You know, I was that was my heyday of of gaming. I was probably 14, 15 maybe when that game came out. What was it 96 when that came out? Yeah. I'm aging myself here, but it's okay. Uh, I was 6 years old. Uh, 
No way. No way. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. But you know, like you, you hit you hit your teen years, and you're like you're just entrenched, right? Like yeah. you're not re- you don't have a job. You don't re- you're not really doing much. You know, you don't want to come downstairs for dinner. You just want to play video games. You got no like, bills. It's great. You got no bills. <laughs> oh man, what a dream, <laughs> right? Man, I miss I miss those days. No, but like that was the heyday of gaming. So that's it's hard for me because that that holds a special place in my my heart little story for you i used to have friends come over with little like crt like televisions and their n64 and we would set it up and i'd like you know i'd be playing on my main tv he'd have he'd bring over his crt television he'd have that set up he'd be lying on the couch with a little well little crt tvs are not little but we would (laughs) lug equipment to each other's houses just so we could play ocarina of time together side by side and experience the journey together awesome. like it was it was crazy but that's awesome but it's now, it's hard for me to pick but you know zelda any mario yeah. i'm a big halo guy i love halo <sighs> um, same yeah same halo John. the gears franchise if you want to hop over to like the playstation side like yeah, last go. of us yes oh, last go. of us god of war yeah. uncharted like any I, I love story driven games. Like I, mm-hmm. I just, I really do. That's, that's my jam. So. Well, I will say this, the correct answer for Legend of Zelda was Majora's Mask, but good I'll answer let you pass. Too. Oh, it's so good. Dude, I'll let you pass because Ocarina of Time is. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm yeah. hoping, and we don't know much yet about uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Where was that announcement at the Game Awards, by yeah, the way? I, I don't know. Come on. If there was one <laughs> announcement I needed to see, it was that Oh one. my God goodness i was i was i was waiting for it um you and every other nintendo fan <laughs> yeah but i mean they've 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 gone on the book saying that you know it's going to be a little bit darker so i'm yeah. hoping that breath of the wild 2 is the majora mass majora's mass to mm. ocarina of time i think there's going to be some really really dark stuff can i make a prediction oh absolutely yeah, can i of course yeah, i know this course. isn't guardians related and i, I apologize but it's not I, even I'm, PlayStation related. I'm yeah, no. with you, man. Let's you're, go. You're Let's do this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to predict that uh, Zelda dies. Ooh. That's my prediction. I'm not saying it has to be permanent. Okay. But okay. I, I'm going to call it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to call it. And the, the reason being is there's a weird – There's a. I don't know if it's a flashback or if it actually happens, but there's a scene I think in the original reveal trailer where – Zelda is literally falling into an abyss mm-hmm. and there's a lot of time mechanics at play. So I'm hoping that like, I think she maybe dies early on in the game. And then like throughout the game, you're flip flopping back and forth between different, different worlds, different time different zones. Ones. Yeah. All right. I, I would take that. It's a silly fanboy <laughs> prediction, <laughs> but as someone who loves the legends of as well, but knows nothing of its lore. I'm going to say, let's end game this. I would be, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. bring the rat in. We're going to, we're going to fix this world. Gosh, darn it. <sighs> Goodness gracious. That was, that was a great little history lesson. And I love, I love the Nintendo nerd in you because likewise, I, that's how I started off my gaming journey mm-hmm. as just super, super Nintendo yeah. N64. It just kind of yeah. stuck. Like, I feel like that's everybody's kind of entry. At least yeah. if you grew up like, you know, with Nintendo eighties, nineties, early two thousands, like it's everybody's kind of first love in a way. Yeah, it just kind of stuck. 
Kyle, do you have any questions that you have? Any? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? All right. Well, because I got one question that I swear to God, Kyle, I really thought you were going to ask this. Go Why? for it. I, I, it might be. I'm still <sighs> so tired from the Game Awards yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my brain's not uh, fully working. Uh, okay. And I'm allowing this because it's a question. Okay. And it comes from Katie that writes in. Katie has Katie. like five E's. Katie, what <laughs> up? Um, what's his opinion on the word oh. banger? Banger? You're right. You're right. I should have yeah. asked this. Yeah. Is banger an appropriate word to use to describe something of high quality? Yeah. Yeah. See, see, Joe, you're in the wrong here, man. John, we're on such good terms. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it all turns. That's that Star Lord band album is a banger. It's got some bangers on there. Thank you. Oh my god, because your voice is so silky smooth. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a banging game. It is. It's a banger. I'm biased, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If Star Lord says it's okay. It might, maybe, maybe, okay. but for now, All right. only Joe's John McCarthy. I, I play Star-Lord and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> John, thank oh, you man. so much for hopping on, chatting with guys. us. This yes. was a gosh darn blast and a great Absolutely, way to start yeah. this new year. So thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. And can I say real quick? Yeah. Um, thank you for the nomination. I know you touched up, oh, upon yeah. it briefly before, but... Dudes, that stuff like that, like it, it really means the world, man. It, re- it really does. So thank you guys. I, I know I appreciate. It. I know I know Jason who plays Drax appreciate it. I think Kimbo Kimbo was on there too. I think. Mm-hmm. And yep, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just literally, it's uh, you know, it's really a thank you for your Absolutely. performance and everybody yeah. that that you know when we throw around these these awards and these nominations, it's really just a wink and a nod and a you know. Uh, a good job to everybody that's that's worked on it, whether you're dev, talent, uh, whatever the case may be. That's why we have these awards there. And I mm-hmm. want to thank you because you really lit the fire with that like that retweet. Yeah, the whole world kind of just <laughs> blew up around oh, us. We man, had like, the... I hope you guys know, like this, this stuff means the world to us, man. Like yeah. we we see it all, and you know sometimes things get lost in the Twitter sphere. But like you know something as big as that is is really. It's an honor, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, With that said, John, is there anything you'd like to plug on your way out of here? I'd be remiss to say maybe, I don't know. Maybe a sequel? Is there any confirmation on a sequel? (laughs) (laughs) If there is, I don't know about it, honestly. Um, No, that's that's well above my pay grade. Okay. Uh, Okay. I think I like you and and probably a few other people were just we're doing this right now. But yeah. uh, you know, gotcha. we're just focused on uh focused on the on the on the game right now and 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 how well it's doing and and the incredible feedback from the, the community. So nothing just to Just blink twice yet, if but... Kevin Feige's in the room with you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, still, no. John's going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home next week. Confirmed. He was supposed to make me a coffee, but I don't know. <laughs> but no, I just uh, if if I if I if I may, um, I just want to shout out again the narrative team, man. Yeah, 
big congratulations to Mary and the entire team and, and everyone involved in the game that the awards at the game awards was, is incredible for all. So congrats everybody. Um, and if you don't mind me doing so again, um, I stream on Twitch. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, again, it's John McLaren IRL. Uh, if you'd like to find me and, and say hi, I'm on, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the things, pretty much just my name, John McLaren. So awesome. I will leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And a link to all that stuff down in the description. And of course, I want to thank John for coming out, taking so much of his time. Because Kyle, even even after that interview, we spent like another 20 minutes talking to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Such a wonderful dude. Oh, God. So, John is amazing. I'm so happy we got a chance to sit down and talk to somebody who is behind generally one of the best performances in years past. Yeah. Um, and games of years past. Like, it was, it was a flarking good time, Joe. Yeah. Absolutely. And also link to all of his stuff in the description. Please, please. If you're not following yep. him now, please make sure because I guarantee you his future in this industry does not just end with Star Lord. So, absolutely. Yeah. Go follow this man. That said, Kyle, it is time to finally square up the news. Let's get right into it. First bit of news that needs to be squared up is from Andy Robinson over at VGC. Uh oh. Uh oh. I had a cough. Uh, Andy writes, Sony has decided to keep making PS4 due to PS5 shortages, it's claimed. Sony has reportedly extended production of its last-gen PS4 console as PlayStation 5 remains in scarce supply due to component uh, constraints. That's according to a new report by Bloomberg, which claims that the corporation had planned to stop making PS4 consoles last year, but has now told assembly partners it will continue making the console through 2022. The decision will see the creation of around 1 million PS4 units this year, it's claimed, and offset some of the pressure on PS5 production, which requires more advanced chips. Increasing production will also help Sony negotiate better deals with manufacturing partners, according to Bloomberg's sources. Uh, now that we have a cry counter, we also now do, need to do a doo-doo counter, because your congestion, Kyle, <laughs> when you said do-to, it sounded oh, like doo-doo. I said doo-doo? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey forget about it. All Everyone right. does it. That's right. That's right. Uh, Kinzoko Ryu writes in, with the semiconductor shortages, among other things, that has led to the effect on production, distribution, and game development, meaning that a large majority of gamers are still gaming on last generation machines, and with the slow production of the current generation console availability, as well as the incremental advantages in graphics from previous generation, how long do you predict the PlayStation 5 generation will last? And when do you think or predict the PlayStation 4 will discontinue production? Mm. And just a, a little a little thing here for those of you who forgot that consoles are manufactured <laughs> after uh, the next generation comes out. PS1 was in production from 95 to 2005. To, uh, PlayStation 2. 2000 till 2013. Woo! Oh boy. Uh, PS3, 26. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, 2006. 26. To, <laughs> till, uh, 2017. PS4 still active. And of course, PlayStation 5 still active. So, Kyle, how many, how many more years till I get to throw my PlayStation 4 in that garbage? I mean, you have a PS5 now. That's I don't right, think you beautiful. need one anymore. Um, 
I say PS4, what they said, next year, right? Okay, so people are freaking out on the internet because, so what's going on right now is with the global, you know, supply constraints, um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to continue to buy uh, components with their their partners so that they continue to get good deals on on playstation 5 components so this is it's kind of like we're buying stuff for the old stuff so that our people that we do business will still continue to give us good deals on the new stuff yeah yeah um while i understand some uh, the way it looks like oh why aren't you just Focusing all on PS5. Right, generation something. <laughs> <laughs> they to us again. Uh, I think this is good. Yeah. I, I think it's fine. I, yeah, this is I normal. Still, this is one hundred percent normal. Fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why there should be any outrage at all over this. No, none. Yeah, I think until twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. I think makes sense as well. Then you can put the kibosh on it. But I think this is definitely affected playstation 5 and we're going to see this last until what the playstation 3 was which is like it's gonna be a 10-year generation for yeah. sure yeah for sure this Absolutely. these past two years were not kind to us in terms of like not just the global affairs but like in development you know so i think you're going to see a lot of people squeeze a lot of juice out of this thing so you that th- we get the returns do you think it's going to break the 13-year thing that psu had going on because of what the last two years have been? No, I think the PlayStation 2 was crazy successful is yeah, why yeah, they, yeah. they continue to do it. But That's fair. Not to say PlayStation 4 wasn't. It's fantastic, sold well, but it wasn't like PlayStation 2 were buying this. You know, Some people legit just bought it for a DVD player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to see it for one more year. It'll be like the second longest running. But to me, I think when it comes to the PlayStation 5, we're still going to see it for a minute. Yeah. And that's fine. Five. Nothing more to say here. No more fear mongering, Kyle. Uh, no fear mongering for me. All right. Let's get to the next story, sir. Uh, from Andy Robinson from uh, VGC again. Andy's been a busy, He's a busy, busy boy. person. He's busy. He's breaking all the news. Really Sony's like fire sprite takes over Twisted Metal as MotorStorm director is hired. VGC reported earlier this week that Destruction All-Star Studio Lucid had ceased development on a reboot of the classic car combat series. We now understand that UK-based Fire Sprite, which was acquired by Sony last year, is the developer which has taken over the Twisted Metal project. It's unclear why Sony decided to move the project to its new first-party studio, but it's worth noting that Lucid and Fire Sprite are located barely 15 minutes from each other in Liverpool, UK. And there's now evidence of staff moving over. As spotted by a reset era, the director of various MotorStorm games, plus the original pitcher for Drive Club, has this month left his role as game director at Lucid to take on the same role at Fire Sprite. It's unclear if Southern was working on Lucid's Twisted Metal project or if he'll be working on the franchise at his new employer. Fire Sprite has multiple projects in production, including the newly announced PlayStation VR 2 game, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Man, they're good. Their money's worth yeah. it, man. It's understood Sony intends to bring back the Twisted Metal game series in time to coincide with an upcoming TV series in 2023. This is a weird one because, yeah, like this is another studio I would have thought maybe joined the PlayStation ranks, um, but not. And we get in the director leaving from the Lucid Project 
over to Fire Sprite and then some of his team as well. Like yeah. it seems outside looking in, not a business person whatsoever. Kind of seems like a douche move. It kind of seems <laughs> like, as like Sony's cherry picking the ones that they want out of that studio. Right. And it, bringing it just, them it's, over. It's just a weird vibe. Like, yeah. you know, I'm thinking of like a Fire Sprite dev is at a Costco and or the British equivalent. And like he's with like his partner and he looks across the aisle. He's like, Oi, mate, look at that. It's elusive bloke over there. Oi. Blunt. <laughs> you know, they can say that word over there. We can't. And, uh, you know, like that's what I'm thinking. Like there's some type of rivalry in my mind. But, um, yeah, they're really. Never make me laugh mid sneeze. That hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Oi, prick! <laughs> you just got like the Lucy guy looking over like. Oh, oh man. man. Uh, we're we got a great international audience, I think. Though. I do. Well, I do think it's wild that I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't know that der- the director from Destruction All Stars was the one behind Motorstorm. Yeah. Which. Is exciting that he's taking on Twisted Metal, but also makes me wonder what happened with Destruction All-Stars. Yeah. Why that didn't have the same kind of, like, feeling that Motorstorm did, because Motorstorm rocks. I mean, again, the game felt great. It just didn't have sure. guns. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. The, the thing that made it really exciting. The moment-of-moment gameplay wasn't there. So, to me, it is, it's just a strange pickup, and I would love to know the behind-the-scenes of what it even just really means for lucid um, more than anything. Was this like, is this kind of like they're picking up their team and just moving over? Like, is it like just being absorbed into fire spray? Exactly. Like, is there a transaction here that we're close to each other? Yeah. Maybe they're all mates. That's what they call friends over there. That's true. Would you we like me to take the word. shovel away from you? No, no. I, wanna, this is okay. a Ted Lasso moment. It's like, I don't understand okay. the culture, but we're having fun. Sure. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, this is, it's weird, but I'm also still excited for this game because I missed oh, yeah. Twisted Metal, man. Same. And like, my memories are with the PSP versions. Like, Oh, mine were PS1 yeah. for sure. Let's give it to me. I need it. Whew. All right. So you still have faith in this, Kyle? Yeah, I still have faith. Yeah. Same here. I'm excited. And it seems like, again, nothing has moved as well. Like, it's still on track for 2023. And who knows if maybe this is free to play or something to coincide with the TV show. It's a success. Uh, What does that mean when it comes to, like, the other ideas that they have in terms of multiplayer, right? Like, will we get a PlayStation All-Stars? Oh, boy. Does this mean that? Will the metaverse completely get out of hand? We get the Super Smash Brothers clone that we deserve and just embraces it. Is SOCOM coming back? Yes. Yes, it is. Right. I'm saying with confidence, I'm saying with Guso. <laughs> SOCOM's coming back, man. <sighs> Time for some flash news, Kyle. This one. Uh, Hold on, I gotta run fast. <laughs> 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 The Flash meme is the best meme ever. <laughs> Everybody look up, stop, oh, so pull good. over, Google Flash running, and then do like Google videos, and you'll see the guy for Flash running turn back and have the most hilarious squeal I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> gives me It just gives me life. All right. 
Uh, we talked about this earlier, but Horizon Forbidden West PlayStation 4 version is out in the wild. All of it. So start muting them words because it's happening. But Joseph isn't afraid. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm prepared. And, um, you know. Meanwhile, oh, okay. I'm cowering in a corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Show me all of it. It's all out of context. Who cares? Uh, Famous Seamus says, has a leak ever ruined a game for you? Nope. I'm fine. I mean, I, I talked about the the spoiler that ruined yeah. God of War for me. Uh, I don't know if a leak ever has. I feel a leak only ruins like if it's a presentation and yeah. you know, like all the things just comes out and because it we covered the shit, we have away to. From us. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh damn! Like yeah, 2016, uh, you know, E3 is special because nobody saw Shenmue three happening. Either though Shenmue three. Wolf when it came out, but like nobody saw Kojima walking down those floaty stairs or, or RE7 being in, in yeah. VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, leaks on that side of things don't really ruin the game for me at all, really. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, here's a little segment, a little ditty I'd like to call Rumor Has It. Rumor Has It. You did it. You're live. You didn't call for anything. Kyle, no, I this story out for us. Oh, you did? No, I didn't cough. Oh. Um, what happened? Did we just fall into a wormhole? What yeah. happened? Yeah. All right. Uh, Dalton Cooper over Game Rant writes, Sony wants Final Fantasy games exclusively on PS5 this generation. Mm. The Final Fantasy franchise has mostly been multi-platform, with Final Fantasy XIV releasing for both PC and PlayStation consoles, and Final Fantasy XV coming to PC, PlayStation and Xbox. While the series will remain on PC, it seems as though Sony is wanting Final Fantasy to be console exclusive to PlayStation yet again, if recent rumors are any indication. VGC's Jordan Midler recent commented on Reset Era about Square Enix plans for Final Fantasy. According to Midler, most of the games that Square Enix publishes will make their way to Xbox, but it's doubtful that Final Fantasy games will go beyond the upcoming Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy origin. Quote, Sony wants P- P- PlayStation to be the home of Final Fantasy this gen, end quote. Midler said, Midler also pointed out that Final Fantasy VII Remake was already supposed to be on Xbox, but that has yet to happen. While Sony and Square Enix haven't announced any official partnership, it does seem like Sony is indeed making sure Final Fantasy is console exclusive to PlayStation 5 this generation. Final Fantasy 16 is a PlayStation 5 console exclusive, after all, and even the non-Final Fantasy Square Enix game, Forspoken, is a PS5 console exclusive as well. While it's certainly possible that one or both of those games will come to Xbox at some point down the line, it may be better if Xbox enthusiasts don't hold their breath. Yeah, also rumor has it that because Final Fantasy's delay, there's an unannounced PlayStation exclusive by Square Enix that was supposed to be revealed already, and it's not. So That's got to be that Chrono Cross remake, right? It has to be. At this point, I think we can... Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. So, Kyle... Joe. I saw a lot of Xbox dudes upset. And it was, sure. the, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like, and, you took Bethesda from us. Why are you yelling? I mean, yeah, for sure. And they are making that that Switch Xboxes because in the Xbox One era, I feel is the most heavy memory of this. They didn't really have RPGs. Right. Like, any. <laughs> oh my God, excuse me. What's up, Kyle? I'm sorry. 
I was coughing. Oh, okay. You. Um, they didn't have anything outside of like FF15. I right. feel like I can't remember of any traditional RPG other than that. Um, so having the, one of the mainstays of RPGs, uh, one of the main RPG IP. RPG IP in Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh boy, that is a tongue twister. Not dude. not being on yeah. your your ecosystem is a bummer. Yeah. I get it, but to me, Final Fantasy has always been a PlayStation thing. Same. It, yes, it did start on Nintendo, but I feel like it, it didn't really. It. I mean, it was great before then, but like seven, eight, nine, ten. That era of Final Fantasy, I feel like, is the best era. Right. For at least for me personally. Or most, most impactful, you think? Most impactful, most nostalgic for me, because those mm. were like my first ones. Yeah. And they've only been on, or back in the day, they were they started on PlayStation. Yeah, to me, this is definitely PlayStation going, oh, shoot, <laughs> we don't have RPGs anymore. Bethesda's gone. We need something to... Fill the gap at least for a little bit so that we are prepared the next generation or whatever uh, length it is uh, until we have stuff in our catalog because like a horizon just ain't going to cut it. So I think this is them also looking at Xbox going, oh, shoot, you're making inroads in Japan. You're doing way better in Japan than we thought. We're doing way worse in Japan than probably we thought as well um, with the Nintendo Switch just absolutely crushing both of them. So we have to, I think, make make a case for this for this console in terms of RPGs. And I think they look at Final Fantasy, the relationship that they have with Square Enix, that they have been intrinsically tied to each other since yeah. uh, since Final Fantasy VII. They have an incredibly strong relationship. And look, to me, this is just like the Bethesda deal for Xbox. This is kind of like the equivalent where it's like, look, I'm not the, I don't. This doesn't impact me much. Sure. Right? But I the, would be devastated if Final Fantasy went to Xbox and was only on Xbox. It was just that. But, like, yeah. this is the thing where it's like, all right, your relationship is so close. This, this makes sense. Um, sure. And this is the closest thing to a buyout that I would allow because I would and not want any of that. Honestly, it's telling if uh, Jordan Midler is saying FF7 Remake was already supposed to be on Xbox and it hasn't already. Yeah. That's a huge tell. Yeah. Why isn't it already on there? I thought that was the plan. It also is like, okay, so now when it comes to like the next persona, I think that's like the biggest test. It's like is how how hard is PlayStation gonna fight for that? Exactly. Because like, you probably do have to give up ground to the Nintendo whatever the next Nintendo Switch is, since it's so prevalent there. It is yeah, like absolutely. it is the console of choice there. So it's like you can't give up that ground to, to Xbox. One would assume if we're trying to keep score, like some type yeah. of weird referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a really interesting story, but this is, this is awesome to see in a way where it's like PlayStation is they're They're aware. And I think this is one of those stories that kind of screams they're aware and they are willing to play a similar game to what Xbox has been playing uh, with the Bethesda deal and some of their, their latest acquisitions. So this is really interesting to see, really telling as well where this generation is going to go from there. But with that, Kyle, I do have a question while you're <laughs> sick as all hell. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Are you holding on to something? Yeah. Prepare the drop. 
Here are the latest steals and deals dropping into the Steam and Epic Game Store. All right. What? Yeah, exactly. Where are we? I don't know. In my PC, apparently, we're dancing on the graphics card. Um, listen, the only game that's really come out of import is God of War on PC, getting some stellar reviews. Uh, Kyle, I'll read the first one. You read the second one. I'll read the third one. That works. All right. Windows Central Jens Corden rates God of War at a 100. You already know that God of War is hailed as a masterpiece with top shelf acting, writing, and next level art direction and satisfying combat. A question emerges of any console PC port. Is it faithful to the platform? And the answer is a resounding yes. And Jordan Midler over at VGC gave God of War on PC a 100. He's God a PlayStation War- fanboy. It's, it's obvious. <laughs> God of War on PC is the definitive way to play an absolutely essential game. It's never looked better, bringing into sharp relief of an art style that's colorful, brutal, and incredibly inventive with practically faultless performance, even on a machine that isn't at the absolute bleeding edge of PC technology. PC Gamer rates it a 90. The best game on PlayStation 4 is now the best ge- one of the best games on PC. Hey. You've heard it from us. These are now people talking about the PC port. God of War's essential. Yeah. I'm really game. curious how this game's going to sell on PC. Yeah. I think this thing's going to do buku. Like, it's going to... Yeah. I think this is... If this is, like, the true test, if Horizon and, like, Death Stranding was the dip in the toe, this is this is the actual factual. This is the... Yeah. The thing that they need to get reassured of, like, oh shit, this platform is something else uh, for giving Second Life to our game. So, and awesome. uh, now that it's on PC, I would like to institute a new segment of the show. A parlay? Where each week we go and look up the best God of War mod <laughs> and see what's going on in that community. Cause I am so curious. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, I can't wait till I play this game on a Steam Deck like an idiot. Oh my God, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Or Vita 3. Yeah. Remember, the Vita died, so the Switch may Vita live. Vita 3, you know something about the second one? What? Well, the Switch was Vita 2. Oh, that's and fair. And this is that's now fair. the one that's we fair. actually wanted. Well, not at, like it's the closest thing we're going to get to the thing we actually I gotcha. wanted. I got you. All right. Now it's time that we end the show the way we always do with a bit of the Sony Pony Express. Hop on board, Kyle. Yeah. writes to Kyle and Joe. How do you guys plan, uh, plan to appeal and grow your international audience more? <laughs> say Europe. Well, I think you just saw it. Ten the bleeping ago. earlier didn't help. <laughs> I was going to do it again. Don't test me, Kyle. I'll do it. Uh, what are some of the differences you are noticing compared to the American and European audiences when it comes to games and genres? In what audience do you see the most potential for growth? Also, uh, also, do you naturally, as Kyle and Joe, appeal more to a specific culture or mindset? Hispanic slash uh, French American or American to Italian. Other uh, other than love for all things PlayStation, what are some things that we all have in common as a community, i.e. our Discord? Are you what trying to question? focus group us? Yeah. What huh? are you trying to do here, huh? Huh? I see what you're doing. <laughs> trying to cater my audience 
to the French Sacre Bleu. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I can't wait to see the uh, what number we are in the French charts next week. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um, as far as like the differences between the two, yeah. The only differences I see are the same I see when it comes to like sports, right? Like mm. Europeans are more into soccer or football. Ah, oh, football. Um, and racing, like F one racing. Uh, you sound I, like I, such douchebags. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but no, like those are the only differences I see. I I feel like yeah. I feel like both audiences play most of the same things that we play, and they're also just as big and over across the pond. Yeah. Um. As far as the other side, uh, the community aspect, like I feel like everyone here that chill. partakes, chill, loving, kind, yeah. kind. welcoming. Yep. Those are some of the things that make me super happy about the community. So, yeah, I don't. I don't like... know about the culture. I, <laughs> I just talk about things I love. I yeah. there, there's really nothing more to it. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like, like I'm, I'm not talking about. I don't know, the Louvre to appeal to the French. I think I, I yeah. lost every French person out there with my. <laughs> I wasn't even. I don't even know what it means. I had brie cheese once. Um, but like when it comes to like, I, I think Drellish, you're from Germany. So like, and I hit my mic twice. I apologize. But like to me, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking of, of anything different. I'm just talking about my love of PlayStation. And hopefully that, that transitions over uh, when it comes to the culture and mindset, we want to have a not positive. I, I hate it. It's, a, it's such an overused term. Sure. It's like we want to build a positive community. It's like everybody wants a community that's nice, but I want it to be thoughtful. And I think that's the word that we constantly misplace with positive. I want a thoughtful audience. And I think we really do have that because we're incredibly thoughtful of each other and our feelings and all that. So absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh and also, yeah, of like how you think, believe, and all that stuff. I want to respect it as as you know, yeah, be as, as inclusive as possible. Yeah. And true inclusive, like not just saying it, but Absolutely. actually doing yeah. it. You yep. can may think totally different than me, and I'm totally fine with that. That's cool. As long as we respect each other, that's fine by moi. Next question comes from Yuna. Hey, guys, what is the go-to difficulty for games you play for the first time? Do you start on normal and then switch the difficulty up or down if it gets too easy? Also, for the uh, for the Forbidden West spoilers out there in the wild, I suggest mute every word that you could think of that's related to Horizon, as eBay. As is, maybe. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. What it is? My bad. Autocorrect gets everyone. <laughs> and my dumb dumb brain will read it. <laughs> uh, the best way not to get spoiled, and yet the algorithm system sucks. So be careful out there, guys. Thank you so much, Yona. Yeah. You know. Include also misspelling of words. Yep. So like and like put zeros in Horizon. Yes, get it. Cover all your bases. That's what I did for Endgame. I had like a list that was like two hundred things Same. long. It sucks for me since I balance so many social media platforms that again I I can't be emotionally attached to spoilers. Sure, it's gonna happen. So yeah, you know, for me in terms of like the difficulty of games, um, I have the hottest of all hot takes, Kyle. Uh oh, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Normal. Yeah, same. It's how the game is supposed to be made. That's the thing that they have in mind. That's mm -hmm. the gold path. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That is, you know, what we talk about like easy mode in games and we, we just do like that paint by the numbers bull crap. It's not a good, thoughtful, compelling conversation one bit. It's just like, I feel like it should. And I want to force the developer the way I think and how they create needs to be funneled through my ideology. I really hate that. Knock it off. Like when we talk about from software, guess what? From software is never going to have an easy mode. Never. We need to move along. It's you, like, how do we... How, I feel like that's pointed at me. I've never no, said easy you. mode. No, okay. no, 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 no. Just, right. just, just in Twitter it, in general. Because you know. I hate when people are like, this game, all games should have easy mode. Damn it. And it's like, no. It's what the developer's envisioning. They're making the painting, not you. You sit down and consume it or don't consume it. Just don't dictate what the developer should do. Encourage them. But don't dictate it. I hate, I I hate like definitives of things. I think the only asterisk there uh-huh. would be to have the options to make playing the game easier for those that need it. Yes, but also understand that those tools are right now expensive to implement. Oh, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. So that. encourage. That's why I'm like encourage it. Like Forza Horizon. It's a great way of encouraging folks to go. Look at this stuff is really awesome and it brings new people in here. But some dev teams uh, can't or aren't allotted that funding to go ahead and do that thing, or breaks a core principle of their game that they've made and are one or two years out. And again, this is such a problem for. Even for me, a layman, I don't have the answers to, so I can't coach you through it. But I know that there are, um, you know, consultants out there, consulting teams out there to help people, as I drop my pen, um, go through the process. But when I am playing a game and when I'm looking for a review of the game um, and (laughs) I'm really looking for you're playing it on normal, whatever the standard that they that they set out in front of you, that's the way. And the, the, what they've put the most time into, right? So that is going to be the gold standard of how the game should be experienced. You know, we talked about it a few episodes back. If I'm just setting a game to hard mode, well, that could actually break some things or not be the most optimized version of that game. Um, and likewise, to easy mode. I don't feel like you get everything out of the AI or the environments or whatever have you by just setting it to easy if I'm going out there and to review a game. Now, that said, if your job and your review is um, is based off accessibility, then yes, test all those things out for sure. But to me, if I'm playing a game, it's gonna be on normal. And then once I beat it, I'll fudge it up whichever way I want. Um, and if it's a, in a review, I would just like it for reviews to go, hey, I play this on easy or play this on normal so that I get all the information I can out of it. Yeah, I I usually also play on normal. Um, I am notorious for hating games with trophies that are difficulty based. Like, don't force me to go back in and play it on the hard difficulty and then the hardest of hard difficulties. I'll do it if I really love it, but I, I want to enjoy my time. And like you said, that is how they develop develop the game and hard and easy are just modifiers on the base game. Yeah. So uh yeah, normal I feel is the way to go, but by all means if you if it if even normal's too hard, lower it. I don't care. Yeah. I will never I will never be 
I'll never look down at you because you play it easy for a game. No, you play whatever you want to play. Yeah. I just, I, and the reason why I talk through so much passion about this subject is because we often, you know, we, we really do speak in like definitives. This is it and nothing else. Like, you know, we put out a thing on, on Twitter, like red pill, blue pill. And that oh, tweet yeah. got as popular as it was, got a little out of hand. Cause like some people are like, Bloodborne is trash and it's a bad game. And those developers should feel it's like, Jesus. I like, I hate when people literally go, this game's like, this game's shit. This game's bad. I'm like, dude, stop. What is like, what is Because it's not even like it doesn't offend me. Like that's your opinion, but like to me, I'm like it, it's it what goes. It's what John said in the interview. Yeah. If you don't think developers are seeing this, developers are seeing this, and you're yeah. potentially hurting someone's feelings or ruining someone's day. Not hurting mine. I'm just thinking of the people that have worked really hard on this, and you know, I, I just I hate that. I hate that crap. Yeah. So th- mm. that that actually touches on something that I find incredibly frustrating on social media in general. It's just people going out of their way to tell you that they don't like the thing that you like. Yeah. Again, For, just because it's it, that's what they want to do. Yeah. Just let people like what they like and be fans of what they want to be fans of, and you stay the hell out of it. Like what? Like someone someone on that same post was just like Horizon and, and Spider Man are just ubi crap games. I'm like. What what's wrong with you? Just like walk yeah. away. So uh, be, an example like that, that happened to me, not with games or whatever. Please, I was I was super excited for uh, the sequel to Ready Player One, Ready Player Two, the book. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I, I can't believe this was a thing. I pre-ordered it, and a ton of people, friends that I know, sure. and other people outside are like, I can't believe you love that trash book. It's so poorly written and like it's it's problematic. I was like, I. Love that book. Yeah. I had a great time. The audiobook's fantastic. Yeah. Will Wheaton does the, the audiobook. It's great. Yeah. And like, let me be excited for what I'm excited for. Don't come and trash it just because I love something. More, one more vent sesh. Let me love things. <laughs> one more vent <laughs> sesh. Y'all are about to make me read a Harry Potter because I'm getting sick and tired of it. Every like this weekend, Kyle was like another like thing of like bashing J.K. Rowling because she holds a shitty opinion. It's like, like her books aren't even good; they're trash. Oh, I no, could no, write whoa, one better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm whoa. just like, listen. First off, you're books wrong. Are, books are good. Books yeah, are great. Yeah, the books are great. Okay, they're she's part a, of. She's she's just a trash human. They're different. She holds a different opinion than us. Yeah. Right, one that I don't agree with. I got it's I'm. And that's all I know about her. But when I hear that, it's like, it's not even good. Those books are garbage. It's like, dude, people are finding escape out of those books. Yeah. Stop it. Stop giving this person so much power. Stop it. Just stop, stop talking about them. If they, if they bother you that much. Don't, don't yuck in our yum. Like you said a few weeks back. <laughs> stop yucking yeah. and yum. Gosh, darn it. Oh, that warms my heart that you do listen to me sometimes. Yeah, uh, you have your moments. Good. <laughs> the good sir posts this comment posted this one uh, last week's show, but it, it might be better fit for this week with the new year upon us. I was wondering if you had any gaming specific resolutions or goals for 2022 for me personally, it's focusing on my backlog and trying to knock out as many indie games as I can. Yeah. I'm still going to play my big anticipated games, horizon, God of war, etc. But I really want to knock out some of that backlog that's been building up. Kyle, you got any you got any um, gaming specific well, resolutions? That was a weird noise because I was like mid holding back a cough. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
Um, I just, I want to play what I want to play, take my time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest thing is now that I'm working is I need to find that balance again uh, of like, how how late can I stay up playing games and still be able to function at what is way more demanding of a job than I thought it was going to be <laughs> uh, physically demanding meaning. Yeah. Um, so like I have to find that balance of how long of a game can I put into every night and still doing all the other responsibilities that I was doing because two years of being unemployed, I played a lot of games. Oh yeah. And I had the time to do so. So it, for me this year is focused solely on finding that balance and um, not rushing through games. And yeah. like, that's, that's why I want to eventually get games a little bit early so we can take our time and not have like, for Horizon, feel like we have to rush through it that opening weekend so we sure. can talk about it on the next week's show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, taking my time, finding that balance, that's my biggest goal. Yeah. Um, I think for better job, gaming specific. Um, in terms of like gaming specific, I just want to focus on the games I want to play. Um, you know, and for me, the resolution... I want to platinum Elden Ring. Okay. And I want to platinum Dark Souls 3. I like every Dark Souls game except two. So I also want to platinum one as well. Okay. I want to get through them, man. I know that's not one I'm going to hit, but I think that would be. Yeah. I think that'd be dope. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good. That said, Kyle, that's it. That's all we got. We made it. What a. What a stellar and if huge If you are here week. at the end of two hours, Ooh, hey, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for tuning in, which has been the biggest episode we've made ever to date. Uh, thank you all so much. Let us know how you like the interview. Let us know um, how you like the show length uh, over at our Discord. Uh, it really, really does help us out as we're going into more interview-focused stuff. Would you like a separate video attachment on YouTube? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Um, let us know on Discord. Enjoy the community because it's fantastic. Yeah. I'll throw one more out there, too. Let Please. us know if, who you want us to have on the show for an interview. Yeah. Voice actors, devs, anybody in the games industry. Let yeah. us know, and we'll, we'll try our best. Yeah. Add us on Twitter. Uh, that's the best way for them to take notice to us, to be quite honest. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It really does help. That said, Kyle, is there anything you'd like to spotlight before we get on out of here? Sure. I'd like to spotlight myself, Mr. K Step on Twitter and PSN, Xbox, all the things. Um, go follow all the indie game stuff I do at 61indie. That's S-I-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E. Uh, I will very excitedly be talking about next week on this show and on 61 a game that I have been playing and I'm absolutely loving. I'm very, very excited to talk about it. Ooh. It's it's pretty awesome. All right. We'll follow Kyle there as he was holding his car. Yeah, he's holding it in. And please give it up to Kyle this week. Again, coming in. Listen, sick I, as I, a dog, but still doing I've this. done these type of episodes <laughs> way more often than I want to. Yeah. I just want to be healthy, man. That's all I want. <laughs> I feel you. And you can find me over at Mr. Bad Bit on Twitter. You can find the show at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And again, 
we got that Spotify giveaway. Rate us five stars on Spotify and get a chance to win Elden Ring. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Get a chance to win Elden Ring. If you are a patron, if you've already reviewed us, you are already entered. So don't even worry about it. Again, it really does help us out. Continues to grow this show. And uh, yeah, with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Bye, love you.